0: This week on the Habs Forum, uh, we'll be talking about the game against Toronto, the disappointing preseason loss. Uh, we'll be talking about the upcoming series against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the playoffs, how uh, how, well, how little that playoff run might actually last. We'll, of course, answer the Twitter questions that you guys sent us. And we have a very special guest, Mark Dumont, a uh, special contributor with the Montreal Canadians and with NHL.com, who was... Uh, who. You know, we were able to discuss today with what's going to be coming in the uh, in the upcoming playoffs he talked to us as well about Joel Bouchard and the impact that he's had on the Laval Rocket uh, including one of if you're a regular listener of the podcast you know how much i love Michael McNiven and he talked a little bit about Michael McNiven and the struggles that he has uh, has had over the last season over the last couple of years so definitely a great interview that'll uh, that'll end this podcast that you'll want to check out as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped.com. So check out Manscaped.com and their new product, the Lawnmower 3.0, uh, offering great products in men's grooming. And use of course promo code HABS for them to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Not only that, this week Mario is on vacation. He's camping in Emmet, uh, or actually in a chalet in enemy territory in Toronto. So we have someone else here to replace them, also living in enemy territory. Dylan from the Habstatician, thank you very much for uh, for joining us today, Dylan.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Dustin.
0: So obviously, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the big news right now is the, Can- well, first of all, the Canadians lost the preseason game, not necessarily the effort that we, uh, that we were hoping to see. What did you think of the game as a whole?
1: Uh, if I could say it in a word, it was brutal. <laughs>
0: Obviously, they got off to a pretty bad start, 33 seconds in Toronto beats Carey Price. Um, I mean, I think Carey Price got a lot of flack um, for this game. Uh, I definitely don't think by any stretch it was it was his fault. But do you think uh, some some of it might have been justified? What did you see from Carey Price?
1: Yeah, my understanding was that at the beginning of the game, uh, Carey Price slipped Ben Sherratt $2,000 in a note that said, pinch early, pinch often. I want odd man rushes tonight. So I, I really think that it's Price's fault, definitely, that we lost.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much that would be the only explanation as to why anyone would think Carey Price was at fault uh, for this game. I mean, uh, of course, yeah, I mean, you have to take that this game with a grain of salt. I mean, obviously, it, it's not the ideal playing conditions. They haven't had much of a training camp. They haven't had really time to, I mean, of course, you know, at the beginning of the season, they instill all these systems and whatnot, but they're obviously not in, uh, in optimal form right now. And I think it definitely showed Um, what was, so, I mean, obviously I think, you know, there was very few positive signs uh, for the Canadians in, in this game, in the preseason game. Did did you take away any positives?
1: I mean, obviously uh, Nick Suzuki set up for the goal. I, I don't think I'm letting any huge cats out of the bag by saying that that was a major positive. Um, Maté looked good on a bottom pairing role, which it's always a question mark if a defenseman like that can take those kind of grinder minutes. So that's obviously a positive, uh, the Max Domi line actually looked pretty good with, uh, I, I believe it's Jordan wheel, Alex Belzil. Uh, am, am I getting that right? Dustin? I, I don't want to.
0: Yeah, no, no, you are. Uh, I mean, Alex Belzil, uh, yes. Uh, I and mean, he, was injured relatively early. Uh, Into the game, unfortunately, Um, but no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I thought Max Domi was was one of the best forwards, quite frankly. I mean, obviously, aside from Suzuki, I mean, I think he was really the biggest bright spot for the Canadians in this game. I mean, I think that that assist that he made to on Thomas Tatar's goal was absolutely ridiculous, and it shows. And I mean, it's not not the first time that he's done that either. Uh, I mean, he's the way that he has progressed over the last year, I mean, since coming into training camp, has been absolutely crazy. Um, uh, and and I mean, you know, t- it, the way that he's played, he's he's been so good. But definitely, Max Domi was up there as well. I mean, he obviously wasn't necessarily playing with the most skilled forwards, despite what Claude Junier might play, <laughs> might think. I know he loves <laughs> Jordan, or at least seems to love Jordan Wheel. But it was definitely uh, definitely a great game for Max Domi. And uh, and I mean, well, because we're talking about Max Domi, maybe we could talk about one of the Twitter questions that we received uh, from Etienne Ferlin. He says, you know, that he feels that the top nine skilled forwards on a team should be your top nine. Uh, and, you know, he feels that Max Domi should be part of the top nine, not in your, uh, you know, in, in your fourth line. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, all things being equal, like... He's right. I think that a lot more goes into these decisions here, not to blindly defend Claude Julien, who, I mean, he, he makes suspect decisions like virtually any other NHL coach. But, um, you know, Max Domi looked good with his line mates. And I think when you're trying to create a depth chart, you're basically saying, like, you know, who can drive the bus, right? And putting Domi there, Domi's a guy that can drive the bus, right? If you were to put Suzuki or Konyemi there it would be the two sort of other options. Uh, you're not, you know, you're talking about younger, uh, less experienced guys that are probably going to defer more to their more experienced uh, line mates. So if you want to get something out of your fourth line, which Claude Julien wants to roll fourth line, uh, four lines, then you've got to have a guy there that can make something happen. And Domi did.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely, you know, he, he obviously offered that offensive, um, you know, uh, production, offensive threat on the fourth line. Um, but I, I tend to, de- uh, to agree with Etienne here. I mean, you're talking about a guy, yes, he, he didn't necessarily have the best season th- this season. I mean, we we all know that. But, I mean, he was the leading scorer in the Canadians last season. He showed that he could be, you know, I mean, r- r- certainly a top-nine guy. I mean, like, you know, last season he was even basically – know a a top line a top line guy i mean i don't think he's really a top line guy but i mean he definitely has the potential to do that i mean i think you know you want to put him in the best position to succeed as possible put him with some you know some some skilled guys you know maybe put him on that second line with suzuki maybe put him on that third line instead of a guy like byron with kakaniemi and i mean i think that if you put domi into that top nine you definitely have three lines that can be an offensive threat and the Canadians are definitely going to need to score some goals here up against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Cause I'm sure the Penguins are going to score a boatload.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong with that uh, going into your, your suggestion about having him replace Byron though. Um, you know, what we're going to see with Pittsburgh is they're not just top heavy. They can roll four lines And so by having that skill and having that grit kind of on all four lines, we can, I mean, we're going to try to match them. I I don't think that we can, but we can try.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that is true. I mean, you know, obviously all the talk is going to be about, you know, Crosby and Malkin, which, I mean, fair, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. The, the it's it's basically the the best one two punch at center in the NHL right now. I don't think that that's much of an argument. Uh, and probably of the of the last decade, you know, or even the last twenty years. I mean, they, they they've been amazing, you know, since the, both of them came into the NHL. So I mean, but it's not only just them, right? I mean, like you said, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys that can score some goals. So I mean you know to, it, you're, it's going to be a team effort the canadians are are going to need an eff- a great effort from everybody else to stand a chance in this series for sure um so you know we talked a little bit about Suzuki. Kukiniemi has been um, uh, obviously talked about a lot um i think a lot of people were happy about what it, what they saw mm-hmm. from him here in the mm-hmm. first game uh well in the preseason game i mean but uh what, what it, there there's also been some people that weren't too too impressed what what did you think of Kakanyemi's game
1: in all honesty he um it, it didn't stand out either as particularly good or particularly bad and maybe that's a best case scenario for him uh it was a rough year for him i was actually in montreal at the tampa bay game when he kind of lost his confidence and to me it just looked really unfortunate like he you know he got stuck out for you know almost two minutes against the Point-Stamkos-Kucherov line, uh, and and he couldn't, you know, clear the puck, and he's clearly gassed, and, and all the rest of it, and then he got moved to wing from there, and then kind of things seemed to stumble onwards from there. But the reality is is that Kucherov-Point-Stamkos make a lot of people look bad in the NHL, not just Kotkaniemi. So it's really unfortunate what it did to his um, confidence, and I think that it's almost inexcusable in a situation where you are a home team and you have last change to uh have a rookie like that out there against you know, possibly the best line in, in hockey.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean definitely. And that, that definitely not a situation where you're giving Kakanyemi the best chance to succeed. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, we all saw it last season he obviously lost his confidence uh, he you know luckily he was able to go down to Laval and work with Joel Bouchard and he seemed in the limited action in uh, in Laval you know he had 13 points in 13 games he he seemed to build that confidence a little bit more and that was something that I saw in this first game I mean obviously again like I said we're going to take this with a grain of salt it didn't really mean anything of course but wow. he you know they didn't necessarily he didn't necessarily I didn't think jump off the page too much, but if you took a look at the stats after the game, the, his line was actually one of the most threatening for the Canadians. Not that that was saying much because the whole, the team as a whole didn't, <laughs> didn't play that well, but I think it, it's definitely, he's showing some encouraging signs. And I it, it, as long as he's not put into that sort of situation, like you just mentioned where he's playing against, you know, like a Stamkos on, on Tampa Bay, if he's out there against Crosby's line, or Malkin's line it's obviously not going to be ideal but if he's if he's regularly out there with you know against the third line fourth line I, I think he can definitely you know be in a position to succeed for sure and I, and I mean I think you know Claude Julien the game plan for this whole series going to go, going up against those top two centers is going to be obviously Philip Deneau who is one of the most underappreciated players in the NHL right now at least you know as as far as a defensive forward goes and Nick Suzuki of course is going to be heavily leaned upon as well to uh you know to be that second line and to shut down those top two lines so it's it's definitely going to be tough um, but uh, I mean I think the Canadians could potentially make a run at it but I mean it's definitely exciting to see young guys like Suzuki, Kukiniami, hopefully even Kale, uh, Kale Flurry and Noah Julson get some chances here. Um, one of the other Twitter questions that we got from Kevin Rogers was, "Do you think there's going to be some friction between the GM and coach? You know, obviously, I mean, people say that Claude Julien tends to favor the veterans, which, I mean, maybe a, an argument could be made for that, and the GM, Mac Marc- Daljevay, potentially maybe wants some of the younger guys to be playing in the series." Do you think they're on the same page, or do you feel like uh, like maybe there is a little bit of friction that might, uh, might build over this playoff series between them?
1: I don't really think that there's going to be any friction. Oh, hang on. I'm going to give you a soundbite. They oh. hate each other, and they want to kill each other. Okay, so we'll get that <laughs> out of the way. I, I don't think that there's any real friction between them, in all honesty, because they sold. They sold at the deadline. They had no expectation of being here. This is not the roster they already sold a lot of these kind of veterans that uh, Claude Julien would be uh, leaning on in a series like this, right? The Nate Thompsons, um, Nick Cousins, right? And so their roster is essentially their roster and their roster construction is their roster construction. So I I look at this as nothing but a good thing for these guys uh, moving forward and through this, through this series, it's going to, it's going to give these kids uh, a taste. You know, we, we always talk about, for the last two years at least, when, since we've been kind of going younger, we've talked about the idea of do we want them to have a taste of the playoffs? Do we buy at the trade deadline because it's important that they have a taste of the playoffs? And now it's like we managed to both sell at the trade deadline and they get a taste of the playoffs. So it's basically win-win.
0: definitely it's definitely a win-win situation at this point and and i definitely agree i mean there's no way uh that there's any friction between you know the gm and the coach i mean i think any I, i really don't think there's any reason to believe that i mean i think they've always appeared at least, you know, in the media and in public to be definitely on the same page and have the same vision for the Montreal Canadians. I mean, I really feel like, and, and this was something that I talked to talked about with uh, Mark Dumont in the, in the interview that you guys can listen to a little bit later. Um, you know, he sort of gets a bad rap that he plays the veterans too much. I don't necessarily think that that's fair. I think that he does give the opportunity to young guys if they deserve it. And, Nick Suzuki is definitely I think the best example of that he's a guy that has shown that he's that he can obviously offer some offensive production and be an offensive threat and at the same time be responsible defensively and I mean he's uh, I think with one of the biggest bright spots for the Canadians all season and certainly you know heading into these playoffs he's going to be one one of the best player you know biggest reasons to watch the Canadians and he has seized that opportunity. So, I mean, you know, there, there's been no reason for Claude Julien to take that away from him. You know, other guys, niemi when he was 18 years old coming into the NHL, he got his chance as well because he deserved it. And when Claude Julien felt like he didn't necessarily deserve it anymore, that he wasn't pulling his weight, like at the end of, uh, well, the end of this season, he got sent down to Laval. So, I mean, I I think that's fair. You know, if if a player, if a young guy shows that he's able to pull his weight and to uh and and to better the Montreal Canadiens I mean you know he's going to get that opportunity if not a guy like Ryan Paling, you know unfortunately he hasn't really shown much to begin his career uh, at least in the limited opportunity obviously aside from the first game he played when he got the hat trick but he hasn't really shown much and that's why he hasn't got the opportunity and I think that's fair yeah so, uh, so obviously, I mean, the Canadians, they start on Saturday, the playoff, the playoffs didn't think we'd be saying that this season Canadians going into the playoffs, but, uh, okay. First of all, let me ask you, do do, would you like to see the Canadians win?
1: Oh, why did you have to ask me point blank? <laughs> I was going to like, you know, kind of dance around the issue and say, you know, I like it as a fan and no, you know what? I mean, y- yes and no, the, at this stage in the game, uh, our prospect pool is pretty good. Uh, it could definitely stand to, you know, say, have one first overall pick who shall remain Alexi Lafreniere nameless. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's impossible to take the fandom out of it. Like, I, I want to see them win. I want to see them. We, we both have seen them in the last two years playing about as good hockey as anyone could ever play and able to beat any team. Now, the fact is, is that a lot has to go right for them to play that way and for them to win. It's, uh, but the reality, you know, with an NHL team and NHL players, they all tend to have a peak that they can reach, right? Remember uh, uh, Alexi Alexi Emelin playing with Shea Weber, and all of a sudden he looked like this just incredible top two defenseman. And it went away after a couple of months. But my point is, is that if things go right for the Habs, you know, th- they really could go all the way. And in, in such a weird year, there's no reason why they couldn't. So, yes, the fan wants them to win. But the reality is, is that if they don't, uh, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep because they have the best chance of the first overall pick out of any of the play-in guys.
0: No, exactly. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, we, we all know every, every year the playoffs start, anyone could win the Stanley cup. I mean, you know, you just got to get on a hot streak and, you know, especially if, if you have a hot goalie. And I mean, you know, I think we have the best goal in the, in the world. In- I mean, anyone could win. And I think even more so this season, obviously with, with what's gone on, players aren't necessarily at their peak right now. Um, I mean, if the Canadians do get past the knows what could happen um do i think it's going to happen probably not um and i think for me it's sort of the same thing i mean first of all one one thing that i hate on Habs twitter is people that say if you're going to be cheering against the canadians or you don't want them to win you're not a real fan i mean oh if you if you do this you're not a real fan i mean you know, just let let people cheer for the Canadians however they want. Yes, it's going to be cool if the Canadians go on on a on a large playoff run. But in the long term, if the Canadians get even if they don't get Alexi Lyachkiny, whoever they draft at ninth overall, be it a guy like Seth Jarvis, Marco Rossi, uh, Jack Quinn, that's going to be a huge boost to the Canadians prospect pool. Um, so. No, I'm not really going to be cheering against them. There's no way that I could cheer against them. I'm going to cheer if they score. I'm going to be happy if they win. But in the back of my head, I'm, if they do get eliminated in the first round, I'm going to be a little relieved at the same time.
1: Yeah, and this is a way that they have their cake and eat it too in the sense of you get those kids the playoff experience, like I was saying before, and you have the chance at the first overall pick. Like when, when does that ever happen in the history of hockey?
0: Never. (laughs) It's never happened. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's a win-win situation, no matter what happens, either they go on potentially a long run or they have a shot at the first overall pick. So, and we, regardless, we get playoff hockey. I mean, that's uh, it's everybody wins in this situation. What do you think is the, uh, the key to the Canadians, obviously, I mean, they're, they're going to be the underdog. They have a, uh, you know, a, a hill to climb here. What do you think are some of the, um, the keys to their success heading into this series?
1: I think that this series is going to live and die in the neutral zone. I think that last night what we saw was the Canadians trying, to, trying and failing to turn pucks over in the neutral zone, and then the Leafs having a very easy direction to just walk into the net against Carey Price I think that the Penguins also love uh, turning pucks over in the neutral zone and are elite at it and so I think that this series will basically just be whoever can control the neutral zone if our, our players like Tomas Tatar and Brennan Gallagher and Philippe Deneau and Joel Armia, you know, all these guys are so good in the neutral zone so it's just it's just a matter of who can control that battle because I think that once you get very deep into the defensive zone, the defense on both teams starts to get a little bit thinner.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, it's it's going to be a a, a real battle. I mean, the the Canadians' defensive game is going to have to be at at its best for sure you're gonna need to you know guys like Philip Deneau, and, like you said Brandon Gallagher Joel Armia Lekinin all those guys Suzuki to be at the top of their game to 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 shut these guys down as much as possible I mean you're never going to to, to keep them off. A score the score sheet guys like Crosby and Malkin over a whole series. You're gonna to have to try to limit the damage and hopefully hopefully score as many goals as possible. Uh, well, obviously, I mean that, that's how this works. But I mean, I think goaltending is gonna be a huge key as well. Obviously, I mean Carey Price. We're not sure who's going to be the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have two options, and this also comes into uh to the other Twitter question that we got from Habs on the Daily. Who do you think that uh, well? First of all, who do you think is going to play for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is it going to be Matt Murray or Tristan Jarry? And who do you think would give the best opportunity for the Canadians?
1: Can I add to that question? Sure. Because I feel like there's two options for Pittsburgh that were not actually discussed. Who's going to play for Pittsburgh? Early season Tristan Jari, which was amazing, or late season Tristan Jari, which was terrible, or mm-hmm. early se- season Matt Murray, which was terrible or late season Matt Murray, which was really putting it together.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's definitely because a good and,
1: point. And, you know, and it's the same question with Carey Price. Who are we going to see in that? Uh, we know his potential. We know what he can be. But by the same token, Matt Murray's got two Stanley Cups. Like, I don't know how much clearer I can be. I, I mean, he was playing behind... Arguably, a better defense than Montreal has, or if not better defense, at least a better coached defense than Montreal has. But Matt Murray's got, you know, he's got two Stanley Cups to his name. Like we he is a guy that could just dial in and do it. And in terms of his actual skill set, his economy of movement, um, his his functional mobility, which is essentially the ability to access power at the largest ranges of motion, He's elite. He is up there in, in all of those places, uh, about as high as Carey Price. The only difference is, is that he's never um, quite achieved the heights that Kerry Price has in terms of uh, personal accolades. But I think that they start with Matt Murray. I mean, how could you just how could you not? Right. And the real question in my mind becomes, what is Matt Murray's leash? Is it one game? Is it two games? You know, it, it's uh, was it um, was it Holtby in the playoffs when Washington won that he had a little bit, of, a couple stumble steps, and it was really lauded the fact that uh, the coach kept him in there and and let him sort out his own game, and then all of a sudden they go on and win the cup. I think I'm getting that right with Holtby.
0: Yep. I could be wrong. Yep. Yeah, you're right. no uh, no you are right, and yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 going to be interesting to see. I mean, first of all, yeah, like you said, I mean, they both had their ups and downs last season. Um, I think probably, and, and, you know, typically this NHL coaches are always going to go with the guy that has had previous success. Even if he didn't have necessarily the best season, Matt Murray has won two Stanley cup, even though I don't think they won it because of him. I think he was lucky to have obviously the Pittsburgh penguins in front of him. I've never been a huge Matt Murray fan to, uh, to be honest with you. I don't, I think he's just, um, a bit of a product of, the team in front of him um I do think that he will end up getting the nod I think Tristan Jerry you know yes he he had an amazing season he was an all-star uh he did struggle a bit at the end of the season um but I I think at the end of the day they're probably going to go with Matt Murray and honestly I think Matt Murray probably gives the Canadians the best chance to win I think yeah he he had he he has a tendency at least from what I've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not watching a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins games, but I feel like he does have a tendency to give up a bad goal, and especially in the playoffs, in a short series like this, letting in a bad goal if your team doesn't have confidence in you and they're constantly looking looking over their shoulder, that's gonna that that's that could really play into the Canadian hands. And uh, as far as the leash that Matt might have, I mean, I think especially in a five-game series. In, in this sort of situation, I think the leash, regardless of who of who does get to start, the leash is going to be very very short. So I mean, you know, maybe you not know, after one game, but I mean, if 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 whoever does start has you know maybe two bad games in a row, it, that's that's probably going to be the end. They'll they'll probably have to switch it up for sure.
1: Yeah, I have to defend Matt Murray for one quick second here. Um, Kevin Woodley, uh, who's a writer for In Goal Magazine, always says. Uh, when he pulls goalie coaches, he says the goalie coaches always say, don't give me a superstar goalie with a bad defense, give me a good defense and I'll build you the goalie that can play behind that defense. And so I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Matt Murray in himself, is not necessarily the best goalie in the world, but he knows how to play in the system. I mean, Corey Crawford's another great example of that, of a goalie who's good. You know, he's not going to win a, a Vesna, right? But he plays in his system, and especially when uh, the Blackhawks were elite. So I think that um, Matt Murray being on his game doesn't necessarily mean that he's making these insane, you know, Andre Vasilevsky-type, you know, cross-crease saves. But it, what it really means is that he is just—he's dialed into where the defense is going to push the puck. He's—he's he's seeing the shooting lanes. He's able to say, okay, the defender's got. You know the left third of the net, and I'll take the right third of the net, and or you know whatever their system may be, but that's kind of that's how Matt Murray thrives. And when you've got a goalie jiving with the defense like that, it's it's hard to stop.
0: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there. That's uh, that's a pretty good comparison with with Corey Crawford, a goalie that that I mean has obviously won won a couple of Stanley Cubs. He's had a lot of success playing with the with the Chicago Blackhawks when they were a powerhouse, um, even just a couple of years ago. Uh, if you take him out of that system, and I feel the same way about Matt Murray. If you know, if you put him on, on a team, you know, a lesser team, I guess, like the Montreal Canadiens, he probably, like, he wouldn't have close to the same success. Um, but yeah, he does, like you said, he does a good job of playing within the system, knowing his limits, and l- for the most part, I guess, limiting those bad goals. Though so, you know, he he does have a have a tendency to let them in every once in a while. But um, so. If you're making a prediction, what uh, what do you what do you see? How many games? Who's winning?
1: If I'm making a prediction, I mean, oh man, I don't want to do the boring thing, right? Like it's like I think that the Pens are going to win the series, unfortunately, and I don't want to do the boring like Pens and four kind of thing, but uh, but I'm definitely going to do the boring thing. I, I think it's Pens and four. <laughs> An interesting little factoid. I I looked up uh, money puck and and money puck. Takes advanced analytics and comprises them into who they think is going to win, and they have the Habs as a 51.5% chance of winning the first game in the series. But I think that that's, uh, I think that that's not correct at all. <laughs> I I would give if I were to if I were to percentage it, I would give the Habs a 28% chance to win the series and maybe a 40% chance to win the first game.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So not, not a whole lot of chance then for the, for the Canadian. I yeah. think, I think they're, they're going to make this year. I mean, I, I, I really thought they would, they would have a better chance before I saw the game against the Maple Leafs. Cause I, th- I thought that was a total disaster. Um, but I think they, you know, just the youth, the way that they play, they're a fast team. I think they could potentially catch them off guard maybe in the first game. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I think it's going to go to five. I don't think the Canadians are going to win. I think they're going to win the first, the first game. I think they're going to win two of the first three. But at the end of the day, you know, Pittsburgh are going to settle in and, and beat the Canadians. And then hopefully we're going to go get that first overall pick. So we can be happy. We get five playoff, five playoff games and hopefully the first overall pick. I'll definitely take that any day of the week.
1: Every team has the ability to play an incredible game, including like Detroit. And every team has the ability to play a terrible game. And, you know, that's where I come up with this is I just see for the Canadians, so much has to go right for them to play a game good enough to beat Pittsburgh. And for Pittsburgh, less has to go right. You know what I mean? Like like Malkin might take the series off and and they could still potentially win. You know, like it's 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 hard to it's hard to bet against Pittsburgh as much as I'm just a diehard through and through Habs fan lifetime. It's just hard to bet against Pittsburgh here.
0: Yeah. It's going to be an uphill battle, but, uh, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's, it all starts on Saturday, regardless. I'm just happy to see some playoff hockey, happy to see the Canadians out there again. So, uh, so whatever happens happens. And, uh, and I think uh, we're just all excited to, to, to be along for the ride. Um, So thanks. uh, Thanks a lot for doing this Dylan I mean uh, so tell us what uh, where where we can hear you and uh, what you're up to on your podcast
1: well thanks so much Dustin uh, my podcast is the Habs Statician H-A-B-S dash Statician and uh, you can find me on Twitter at H-Statician or Facebook the Habs Statician podcast uh, it's mostly uh, analytics driven uh, I just dropped a podcast today that we're recording this with Mike Kelly is my guest uh, you can also go back and check out, I had a panel where I had uh, Asa Tam, who is a strength and conditioning coach for Eli Wilson when he comes to Toronto. I had um, Paul Campbell, who writes for In Goal Magazine, and I had Brienne McLaughlin, who's a two-time Olympic silver medalist, two-time IIHF gold medalist, a winner of the NCAA and a winner of the Isabel Cup, and we had a discussion about Carey Price. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but at the end of it, you might learn something. I know I learned a tonne.
0: <laughs> that was definitely a great episode and i definitely uh suggest to our listeners to have a listen to that and i uh, definitely check uh, check you out and check out your podcast uh as for us follow us on the habs forum uh we'll be back next week uh probably earlier on in the week uh, with a new episode and then uh, see hopefully we'll have good news about how canadians have performed in the first uh, game or two of the series and uh thanks thanks for listening guys and now uh stay tuned now for the interview with mark dumont again a great interview talking about what to expect in the playoff series coming up against the pittsburgh penguins some of the key uh key elements for the canadians if they're going to have success against pittsburgh Talked about Joel Bouchard as well and his impact with the Laval Rocket. And, uh, and really a good talk about Michael McNiven. Again, one of my favorite prospects with the Canadians, even though he gets overlooked. So have a listen, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. So I'm joined here by Mark Dumont from, uh, from NHL.com, special contributor for the Montreal Canadiens. Thank you very much, Mark, for being with us today. Yeah, it's it's pretty recent, right? Uh, about a month ago, I think that that uh, you started as a special contributor. Great, yeah, it's definitely, definitely. I can imagine a sort of a weird situation. Uh, everyone's living it right now with COVID, but uh, definitely the the athletics loss and the Montreal Canadiens gain for sure. Um, n- no comment on that. Uh, <laughs> no, no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how? So, obviously, I mean, training camp this year. Well, not this year, but I mean, what's going on right now is di- is much different from a regular training camp. What What do you see as the the big differences?
2: back into the
0: I definitely understand that. Yeah, it, it was it was unfortunate to see I mean, him get shuffled around like that. And even when he did go to these different ECHL teams, he never really got much playing time for the most part. So definitely yeah. really happy to see that. Do you think maybe we'll see him back with the uh, with the Laval Rocket next year?
2: it'll give you a better idea of his backstory, but let's just put it this way, he he really went through a lot. So when we talk about Perseverance, we talk about character. To me, that's the real character. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the guys that, that
0: Definitely agree with that. I, I actually read that article that you're referring to, and I definitely, it, you know, I definitely suggest it to any Montreal Canadiens fan to hear, you know, what exactly Michael McNiven's been through throughout his whole career. And it's it's nice knowing what he went through in the past and this season, seeing that he's finally sort of getting a chance to to prove his worth with the Montreal Canadiens. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, hopefully he does get his chance next season. I mean, it's something that I've brought up numerous times on the podcast. Um, you know, that, that I'd love to see him get his chance. I think every time he has had the opportunity in Laval, he's really took it and run with it. So hopefully he does get more of a chance. Like you said, though, with. Uh, Absolutely and, and obviously When he was going to the ECHL teams He's going to teams That have other affiliates Who don't necessarily Have his best interests in mind um, So hopefully uh, Hopefully he will get a, a, a good chance this season And, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry go ahead How, uh, speaking of the ECHL, how big of an impact do you think uh, the, the Canadians, well, it, it looks like they're going to have an ECHL team uh, shortly in 12 Yeah, How big of an impact do you think that will have on the progression of some of the, uh, the young talent? definitely I agree with that I mean like you said I mean Michael McNiven was really like the big prospect uh, I mean I think a lot of people don't give him enough credit like they, people forget that he was a CHL goaltender of the year a couple of years ago so obviously he's a highly touted prospect even if he wasn't drafted but, um, but I mean definitely absolutely I definitely agree with that I mean it it is like you said the business side is definitely going to play into it with the Canadians only allowed to have 50 contracts of course we've seen it last year with with a third round pick Scott Walford not getting picked up same thing this year Alan McShane Cole Fonstad Samuel Hood three guys that 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 had that definitely had some potential and they weren't able to get them under contract but uh, you know if it's not with the Canadians if it's not with Laval I mean like you said I definitely wish him the best of success wherever he does end up going
2: the key part is goaltenders. Uh, you know, you can only have so many goaltenders on your NHL and AHL team. If you want to develop a pipeline, you can't just have two spots in the AHL. So, I, I feel like, you know, opening up to six spots total, that's a huge bonus for any team, including the
0: Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that's uh, that's a good, certainly a good point, and definitely looking forward to uh, to having that team in Tuvalu to uh, to to provide more depth with the Montre- uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so, so obviously, I mean, the Canadians are in the bubble right now. Um, how how do you how, how are the players and coaches enjoying it, or are they finding it sort of sort of weird? i them like, how do you guys feel? You know, there was Brett Kulak who tested positive. There was Sadia Wendette who tested positive. And I spoke to Jake Evans
2: about it. And I, you know, I was kind of like, hey man, how do you, how do you deal with that no,
0: I mean, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's certainly the most important thing. Um, have uh, obviously the Canadians. Uh, I mean, they haven't had a long time really to prepare for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know at the beginning of camp, the the practices were uh, were pretty intense. We had Eric Engels on last week uh, saying that the practices were really intense. Um, have have has that continued, or are they um, are have they sort of slowed down? You know, getting in the best shape possible or, or being hundred percent healthy to get ready for the Penguins.
2: what i've been seeing and hearing um this is more tactics it's more working on the little things right like that the battle is essentially over and don't forget injuries and play a big part in this uh five game series anything can happen so i think now it's more just tactics uh you know x's and o's maybe some uh, mental preparation but uh, i don't think you're gonna have guys lining up their teammates for uh, you know exhibition style or sorry uh
0: uh, training camp style to, to to earn a spot on the roster. Now it's all about you know putting the finishing touches on that. Do you see with with obviously not a whole lot of time for some of the younger players to prove themselves um, before yeah. they start the series against the Penguins? Do you think Claude Julien will more lean towards some of the veterans, or or could we expect maybe some younger guys like Jake Evans, Ryan Paling to, and maybe Noah Julison and Cale Fleury as well to get um, a, a shot? Нет, 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 нет I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, like you said, you know, he, he really has given the opportunity to a lot of the young guys, and, and you just named quite a few of them, Suzuki being the main guy, and, and obviously he really proved that he deserved that shot. It looks like he's going to be penciled in at that second-line center heading into the series against the Penguins, against probably the one the, the, the best one-two punch in center, obviously, with Crosby and Malkin. How and uh, I, I know you read, uh, you wrote an article recently about Nick Suzuki and the way that he's progressed. How uh, how, how have you seen him progress over this year and, and this camp and heading into the playoffs? I think uh, over this year, one of the all
2: his coaches told me in the OHL he was really good defensively, and I I kind of raise an eyebrow on that when a guy's pure offense in the OHL and he, he actually played on the penalty kill, but when a guy's purely offensive in the OHL. he's,
0: Absolutely, I mean I think all all Habs fans are pretty happy about what they've seen from him so far I mean you you just take a look at the game against Toronto That pass that he made on Tatar's goal was was unbelievable I mean, it's it's obviously really exciting to see those see some of the young guys. Obviously, I mean, the Canadians have have struggled over the last couple of years, but finally, some of these young guys are coming in. Um, obviously, another guy that, that, that all Canadians or most Canadians fans at least are really excited about is Kuk had a had a tough beginning of the season. Obviously, dealt with some injuries. Went to Laval and uh, and really did a great job. How have have you seen a big difference with him heading into this camp as opposed to uh, to maybe last season? No, and, and what's interesting is that I keep seeing
2: people say, "Oh, he looks so much bigger, he looks so much stronger, and he's faster." I don't actually see that. Um And then not that I'm saying he isn't bigger or stronger, but uh I haven't seen it. Okay, I haven't seen him be necessarily faster. I feel like he's still going to shoot like well, on his first few pushes. If you go and you watch um his first few strides—they're awkward. Like he, he lifts up the ice. Like now, obviously, you know, I felt my groin coming out of the shower the other day, and I should
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think Joël Bouchard has really uh, put his stamp on the team in Laval. And, and we're seeing already the the fruits of that, obviously, with, with, with what Cook Amy did at the end of the season. Guys like Noah Juleson, uh, even Caden Primo, Jake Evans, Ryan Paling, even to an extent. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say anything bad about Sylvain Lafave, but I think Joël Bouchard has definitely been a huge improvement um, in Laval. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, unfortunately, three years straight without, uh, well, at least in Laval, not making the playoffs. They were sort of on the bubble getting close to it before the season was canceled. Um, Do you think maybe next year is uh, fourth time's the charm? I mean, the, the, the Rocket, obviously, the last couple of seasons, they haven't necessarily been the, the, the most talented team. But, I mean, I think the way that they fight for, for Joel Bouchard, and you can see it if you go to a Laval Rocket game. I mean, they, they're they're in it every nearly every game. Obviously, not not too many people. I don't think are giving it. And we took a, we saw it yesterday on Sportsnet. Everyone uh, at Sportsnet was giving the series to the Penguins. Not many people are giving Canadians much of a chance. What do you think are the keys to success for the Canadians against the Penguins? Uh, God, there. I think it's more than one, right? So I actually have a preview coming out on
2: the Canadians' website. Like, maybe right now. Actually, it'll probably be out by the time this podcast. A few things to me, it'll come down to, and I don't think many people are talking about this, but it'll come down to depth. If you go back to 2010, um, you remember, Sidney Crosby didn't have a great series, uh, Jenny Malcolm didn't have a great series, though. You know, Gordon that service, but what happened is, yes, yeah, Mike Tom was there, but you had guys like Lars Eller that were pulling their weight. You know, you had a you had, I believe it was Dominic Moore that was on fire as well. So, the first team that had their depth scoring that he's up, so we're talking about the you know, the Lekinet, who you know we have trouble scoring at times it creates tons of chances but doesn't necessarily score um, you know even max Gomey or Seth Wayne if those guys wake up in a hurry the Canadians are in a good spot because you know that first line is gonna play well and they can I have all the faith in the world they can shut down whatever line they play against because they do every single night they you know they struggled actually I feel against Toronto but uh, in general that line is fairly dominant so to me it'll come down to the second secondary and tertiary scoring I think that's been a real issue for the Canadians. They've had a hard time scoring in the past. Create a ton of chances, a ton of shots. They just bury it. So, if the heat uh, up there's a two guys that go score our seller, then yeah, you're going to maybe have a chance to win. But hey, I'm employed by the Canadians, and uh, you'll read my article. I said, brand. this is going to
0: be tough. Absolutely, I mean, uh, uh, definitely I mean, I think the Canadians And, and that's a great, uh, you know, comparison I mean, they, obviously not too many people gave the Canadians a chance Last time in the playoffs against the Penguins But they were <laughs> able to pull it out So, and, You know, I was talking to my boss or, uh, You know, Shauna Who's fantastic
2: And I even were, I'm like, listen Can I play up the underdog angle here? Because the Canadians are the underdog Like, you know, it's always touchy What you're going to put on the website And she just responds She's like there many, I don't think very many people argue that it's a favorite. So my response was, yeah, that sounds a lot like 2010. So, you know, that's the fun part. I mean, you know, I'm into numbers. I love looking at every aspect of the game. I love, obviously, I do footage, first and foremost, but there's a reason we watch this game. There's a reason all the best analytical models, all the, the predictive models, give a 2% edge after doing 10,000 calculations. Because hockey has this of margins Any night you know it as well as I do, The worst human league could beat up, absolutely dominate the best human league. Uh, you know, it's so-
0: True. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, the Canadians are dealing with an uphill battle. They're obviously going to be underdogs heading into the uh, heading into the series. But I mean, like you said, I mean, the the playoffs any year is is a bit of a crapshoot. You never know what's going to happen. And I think more so even this year. I and mean, who knows what could happen, especially in a, in you know just a five game series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, they're they're younger, less experienced, but I think yeah. you know, they they probably have a little bit more to prove than the Penguins. Yeah, well, but now here's the thing is that you know I know
2: all the talk is about uh, Connor McDavid constantly. Uh, last year, I still remember was it Tim and Sid saying what was it, about six years ago? Sidney Crosby is no longer the best player in the NHL. He's not even top ten. Uh, this guy finished with over 100 points, not not this year, but last year. And I didn't even know. Had a terrible season. I was thinking, okay, the point.
0: Yep, definitely. I mean, both of them are going to be... They're they're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be hard to contain, especially for... uh... It's going to be a tall task, uh, especially for uh, for a young guy like Nick Suzuki trying to shut down the uh, uh, as a second line center. Uh, Mark, I don't want to keep you for too long. I know you're busy. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, uh, thanks, a lo- uh, well, thanks again a lot for doing this. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate you letting me ramble a little bit there. Uh, let me know uh, if you want me back anytime. Awesome. We would love to have you again. Thanks again, Mark. Uh, have a great day. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.